While your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Chris McCarthy, as always, Marcus Farrow is here as well. We hope you're having a, a lovely night. We have um, our honored guest tonight, State Representative uh, Tony Cabral of New Bedford, and uh, he'll be with us for the hour. Uh, we've got a lot of topics. I'm sure you're having a lovely conversation off the air. Marcus, we should record those conversations, but maybe they wouldn't be as good as like they're recorded. like the, the Nixon tapes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Um, but we, we have a lot to talk about with the, with the representative tonight. A lot, a lot of things have been going on. Yeah. Um, representative Cabral, how are you doing tonight, my friend? Doing well. What about yourself? Very well. Thank you. Good. Thank you for asking. seeing you. You look good. Thanks. I appreciate that's, that. That's great. Thank and you. Mark is always uh, cheery. Uh, <laughs> so it's, it's great. It's great to be here with both of you. And uh, I haven't been with you on the air for, for quite a while. Quite a while, yes. Um, the last time here was actually before the pandemic. But I was on the air with you a couple of times. During the pandemic. During the pandemic. Yep, by remote. By remote. And I was at home. Yes. And, and you were at home. Right. We, we were keeping right. everybody up to date on what was going on with it. That's right. And then, um, you know, I got zigged. But but um, what we're here now, we're live. Um, are you guys back in the state house working again or are you remote? No, we are. Yeah. We are. I mean, there are... Uh, there's still well, the new session uh, started with everybody in the in the, in the house there, everybody right. there. The actually the uh, the day that we elected the speaker, um, the rules have not the new rules have not been debated or adopted yet. So uh, we're still waiting to see if uh, there's going to be any room for a hybrid, okay, uh, or not. Uh, we we probably will debate the rules uh, probably next week or the week after, uh, and then that will that's when we're going to figure it out. If we need to maintain some kind of a hybrid option or not, uh, as you know, I mean the cases are still way up there. They are we still have like between six and nine thousand every week of new cases in Massachusetts. So it's still uh, obviously, and we're not going to get into a debate about the vaccines, but <laughs> right. but it is the vaccines that is maintaining uh, the ability for for us to be in person in most places, sure. even if you most people that uh, these days that do get. Uh, you know, um, COVID again, or one of the variants. Uh, usually, they they uh, they are able to get through it yeah. uh, fairly well if they are vaccinated. Right, and uh, so that's that's good. I know some people don't believe in vaccines, but that's some the of us got thing. it before there was a vaccine. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so, so, so Tony, um, before we you know, you came here, you wanted to talk about uh, building a brand new courthouse complex in New Bedford. 
before we get started on that, um, just react to some of the news uh, of the day. I believe you represent some parts of Ward 3 in the, in, in the State House. Uh, there's two candidates going forward to the general, Sean Oliver and Carmen Amaral, for Ward 3 City Council to replace Hugh Dunn. And I didn't uh, – what was your I – don't, I don't know if you wanted to react to the results of those ele- uh, of that election and if you had an endorsement that you wanted to make. Well, I didn't make any endorsements. Uh, obviously, I, there were seven people running in the, pri- in the yeah. primaries. Uh, now we are down to two. Uh, I I, um, I knew some. Actually, I knew basically all of the candidates that ran. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, believe it or not, even Mr. Robinson, uh, um, I knew uh, he was he used to teach music where my daughter was going to school. Oh, really? At the time. Oh, cool. Um, so interesting. I thought. I thought. I thought they. Um, all the candidates really spoke to the to the issues uh, during the campaign. A short, obviously, a, for, a short period. It's always nice to have a much longer period of time to sort of filter all that out. Correct. Uh, and then come. But I mean, I was surprised, actually, uh, if I may say, uh, that we had a special election that uh, Yudan um, resigned when he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is an expense for the city, as you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but. That's the decision that he made, and obviously we needed to to have a special election there. Um, but uh, I actually don't know uh, one of those candidates very well. I know of him. Uh, I know his family, actually. I know his grandfather very well, actually. Uh, I'm talking about Steve Oliver. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know his grandfather for many, many years. Um, but I don't know him that well other than, hi, how are you? Here right. Very there. nice guy. We had him in um, here for so, no. but, oh, right. Yeah, but, Sean. Yeah, Sean. But, yeah. His, his family is very nice. I know them personally. Yeah, they're yeah. school, uh, school administrators, right? Well, on his father's side. Yes. Okay, yeah. On his father's side. But his grandfather on, that you knew, uh, no? Uh, on his mother's side. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, he's still, uh, his grandfather's still alive. Oh, okay. On his mother's side. Very nice person. And his grandmother. And uh, Oh, that's right. He told me the South End people, really, originally. Yes. 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 And, and it, you know, his father used to be uh, the brother of um, the high school uh, Headmaster, right? Um, so, a family that on on his father's side were always involved in politics. Yes, his, yeah. his grandfather, yeah, his grandfather on his father's side uh, ran for office too. Uh, he told us to, that. Yeah, yeah. Used for to city live, actually used to live on uh, West Rodney French Boulevard. So I, I know the family on both sides, right. but I know on his mother's side better. Yes, right. I, you know. So I found it to be a dynamic kid, and, you know, guy. And, yeah, and Carmen, I'm, Carmen seems to be a very, very involved person. Very mm-hmm. nice. I agree. Um, very uh, sharp. Yes, I agree. Uh, knows the issues very well, and I think War Three needs that kind of uh, that kind of uh, active um, involvement and participation. Um, so I wish them uh, luck. I think uh, uh, over the next. Uh, Several weeks, I will probably engage with both of them and try to to get them know their positions a little bit better. Their life will never be the same. <laughs> their life will never be the <laughs> same. Uh, <laughs> that's right. But, you know, Ward 3 is an interesting ward. This is uh, actually the first time that I have uh, part of Ward 3 in my district mm-hmm. after the last redistricting. Uh, so I'm ex- actually ex- excited about that. Um, it's that part of the ward, that part of the ward that I represent is... Is um, is a very nice. Uh, it's a combination of of uh, single family homes, uh, 
some subsidized housing with Bay Barrier in the middle of that. Okay. Um, some small businesses like Ricardi's, for example, on Hathaway Road. Right. Uh, so it's 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 a uh, very neat. I I believe it or not, I did do it to do in that area. Uh, this year, this past year, even though I had no opponent, yes, mm-hmm. I did door to door in what I call three F, which is that area that, that I'm talking about. Yes, and I did some door to door as well on three E, which is what now with the high school and Keith is um, uh, did some door to door in that in that area. Some people said, "What are you doing knocking on doors? You don't right. have an opponent, right?" Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I I do it. Uh, even sometimes when I don't have an opponent, because it's a way to, especially in that area, is a way to sort of an introduction. So, so right. An introduction. Um, I, most of them, I would say, the majority, I would say 99% of them, when they came to the door, they know who, who I was. They knew you, sure. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they know me, but I, but they obviously I never, at the state house level, I never represented them. Uh, so... You also don't want any potential opponents to get any bright ideas, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can learn a lot from knocking on doors. You do yeah, learn you a can, lot, right? you can. Uh, uh, I know, and most people are very nice when you knock on their doors. That are once in a while, there are some, some folks who don't want to engage in a conversation. Right. And that's okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, But I think I've always enjoyed doing that. So and, do you also have the area that the mayor has designated for the uh, advanced manufacturing yes. camp. See, that's your yes. area now. Yes. That's going to be a significant change over the next 10 years or so. Yes, it is. Uh, there are some, uh, when I knocked on doors in, the, in that area, there were some concerns. Naturally. The part of uh, some of the residents uh, with traffic and, and other issues, uh, noise, and all right. those kinds of things. Uh, so I, I think uh, it needs to be done and done well. Yes. Uh, and I think uh, it can be done without any major disruptions of, mm-hmm. of the residents in that area i think it can be but it's it you gotta you gotta know that they have concerns you gotta address their concerns right i think traffic um, is probably the biggest thing you heard about right traffic mitigation well, traffic right now is awful if you Terrible. try to get on uh, hathaway road right um especially coming out of uh rock the lab into, mm-hmm. into and by the way i i i earmarked two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for a traffic signal in that they are right there beautiful i did that already <laughs> even before the election of 2022 uh, so it's coming beautiful uh, so it's coming the the state uh, has money there we're gonna it's actually it's not a it's not bond money it's actually cash money from the opera funds the really? state opera funds so, so it, the money is liquid the money is liquid it's like all real cash real money that's real that's important uh, so and it's there it's uh, it's there. It's ready to be spent. The city now has to uh, has to uh, initiate the process of uh, looking at how they would do that. So, I think we took an issue out of that race. Right? Yeah, I think, I think well, I just, yeah. Well, I, I know. Uh, I heard one of the candidates was talking about that. Yes, but I already had done an earmark back. I think it was July. The earmark was uh, <laughs> of twenty twenty two. You Dunn can get some credit. <laughs> we'll have you Dunn come back for the for the so, ribbon cut. <laughs> so I, actually, and I and I, I when I did a, I did a, you know I George uh, George Smith that represented that war. wonderful yeah uh, wonderful person. Um, I told him, George, I'm going to earmark some money, the upper money, to actually do a traffic signal there. He says, oh, my God, that's fantastic. That is. We've been hoping that if that could happen, uh, because it is. The traffic is like it's like a, a highway there. You know, it's, it's, it, it's, uh, you know. it's, it's, it's amazing, really, yeah. quite frankly. And it is going to take serious state dollars ultimately to mitigate it. Yeah. Yeah. I think so, uh, especially if you're going to put that 
you know, park there, that right. new uh, yes. business park there. You need to look not only around on that particular interaction or junction there of Rockdale and, and Hathaway, but but down a little bit down further down from there, uh, around that, that um, the exit of 140. Uh, that's pretty dangerous too. It really mind. is. You know, it really is. You coming out, so you'll know a, a quick story. Sure. Uh, um, I got hit my car uh, coming out of 140 onto Hathaway Road, going going east. I was going to well, you, when you come off the highway mm-hmm. and you have to actually stop and take a left. Yes, not going right. Right, towards, like, like heading towards Building 19. That right, uh, yes. right, uh, and. Uh, um, I, I mean, my, I got hit uh, coming out of there. The person was flying. Of course they were. And when I pulled out, the person either didn't see me or whatever. I mean, I did like $7,000 worth of damage in my car. You're lucky you're alive. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, yeah. Well, yeah. yes, I am. Because it hit actually on, my, on the driver's side. Right. No, I mean, it's... You know, it's and, um, it, it's a really bad danger. So I've had b- bad experiences there on yeah. the traffic itself. <laughs> Never mind trying to uh, come up, come onto uh, you know Hathaway Road uh, out of Rockdale Ave, right? Which is pretty dangerous as well. Because it really is. As the cars coming up, sometimes you can't see them coming up. It's it, uh, people are flying. It's like a s- slight hill there, right? Yes. And they're flying. Uh, believe me, I know they are. And uh, I've knocked on those doors there. Even knocking on doors this past fall, you got to watch yourself. Yeah, uh, especially if you want to cross that street. Yeah. Right. No. No. Absolutely. Uh, so. So I think I think you made some some news already, Representative Cabral. Yeah, yeah. Some good news. So we, I th- have, we have already money for that. <laughs> I think what we'll do now is we'll take our first break and then we'll start talking about the courthouse. Um, okay. So we're going to take a break. This is South Coast Night with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. We're here with Rep Cabral. Show. This is South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow. He's Chris McCarthy. We're joined by New Bedford State Rep Tony Cabral for the hours. Hey, Tony. So uh, we uh, came here um, in large part to talk about the potential of a new courthouse in downtown New Bedford. Um, you had uh, put an earmark there. As someone who's practiced uh, in that courthouse uh, for, for for many years, uh, there's a lot of issues with it. Um, can you just sort of tell us about how you were able to secure the earmark and what you want to do down there? Yeah, I'll talk about that. I think that's important, an important item. But before that, I want to correct myself. I did call uh, Sean Oliver Steve. I was thinking of his father. Actually, his <laughs> of father, course. His father, right. his father Fair, was, enough. Fair enough. His father was Steve, so a uh, quick uh, apology to Sean. Um, but... It, it, Courthouse. I mean, we've been, as you know, we have the third district court, we have the probate court, we have the superior court, we have the housing court on a strip mall in the north end. Uh, and uh, over the over the years, we've been losing some of the activity to Fall River, and in some cases to Taunton, and uh, and uh, actually um, some civil cases uh, were temporarily in West Wareham, in the court uh, in, in, in Wareham or West West Wareham. So. We need to do, and so I've, as I looked at it, I said, well, we cannot that that happen, right? We can't have that happen in New Bedford. We've always been sort of the seat, if you will, of the of the DA's area, of the mm-hmm. DA district attorney for Bristol County. Uh, and, um, of course, our Superior Court is famous for Lizzie Borden trial. Plus, yes, right. Uh, and now the, the, the criminal trials are over in Fall River, and we're only doing the civil ones mm-hmm. uh, in New Bedford. So I, I think we need to, to really do what other cities have been doing. Uh, and I've been working on this now for several years uh, to have actually call it the court complex or call it the New Bedford Judi- uh, 
justice center, which is called in some other communities, is that's the, the term, which is a facility that will house all the courts in the same building. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's the Tony uh, Cabral Hall of Justice. Hall of Justice, <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. uh, but uh, and I, you know, I this is not a something that I thought from one day to the next. It takes time to work on this. Mm-hmm. It is a big uh, price tag, but it's a well worth price tag. Um, initially, I started these conversations with Harry Spence when Harry Spence was actually the. The, the trial court administrator. Okay. And he did a whole study of all throughout the state, not just for New Bedford. And, of course, we came up as one of those facilities that needed to be addressed as well. Unfortunately, that plan that the trial court put together would put New Bedford sort of on phase four, which would be like 20, 30 years from now. Okay. And I don't think we can afford to wait that long. So what I did was... Um, uh, in 2018, on the um, uh, the general obligation bond bill that we did, uh, I earmarked 120. And the amount that I earmarked, by the way, is the amount that the trial court study had identified at the time. Okay, uh, that would be the cost for uh, to build the justice center in, in New Bedford. Uh, so it's it's around 123, 100, almost a little shy of 124 million dollars. Okay, the earmark is there. Um, and that was an understanding between myself, uh, which I chaired the committee of bonding at the time, and and Harry Spence and and, and the justice that uh, oversees the, the trial court, uh, the trial all the trial courts, uh, that we would add additional money to that line item uh, because the governor at the time, Governor Baker, mm-hmm. had submitted the bill only with about two hundred million dollars for courts. Okay. When the bill left my committee, it was over $700 million for courts. Uh, See how that works, folks? Okay. <laughs> uh, because the need was there. Yes. But the understanding was part of that $700 plus million, $124 million was for New Bedford. Yeah, I understand. Yes. To build the Justice Center in New Bedford, to yes. start the process. Right. We know we have to have a feasibility study, look at, and we look at, and, and the language, the language, on the books right now, it says downtown New Bedford. It's not on the outskirts of New Bedford. It's not in the north end or south end. It's downtown because I believe that's where it should be. Okay. Um, and and then uh, a couple of years later, I did a another uh, earmark within another infrastructure bill uh, for a feasibility study, half a million dollars for the feasibility study, because they thought that was the first step to take place. Right. So we put an additional 500, additional half a million dollars for the feasibility study. Now, Going, you know, going forward to 2022. Right. The last time that we uh, that I did something on this matter legislatively, uh, I uh, amended again the bond bill that we had, we were approving before the end of the session, before July 31st, right? Uh, to have um, the money of that line item of the original line item of 2018 of the the general obligation bond bill to be spent. So they could begin to spin down that money okay. on the New Bedford facility to right. start building the New Bedford facility. Um, the governor vetoed that language, by the way. Governor Baker vetoed that language. Okay. Because he, he, his interpretation or interpretation of his legal team, I might say, was that the language – by the way, the language was adopted by the House – it went to conference committee with the Senate. It stayed. It survived. Conf- survived, survived the conference committee. Folks, right? that's unbelievable. Right? Survived the conference <laughs> right, committee. Right. Goes to the governor's to the governor's desk. He vetoes that particular okay. language. The language 
And I know there's enough money in the line item, right? Okay. The money in the line item is, at this point, around $600 million. Okay. Because it was over $700 Because part of the money that's being spent now is for the, to finish the, the justice system center in Springfield and the ongoing construction now of the one in Quincy. Okay. Uh, so there's plenty of money there. It's not just for New Bedford, obviously. It's for other facilities as well throughout the state. But, folks, if there wasn't other facilities, it wouldn't get through. That's how it works, right? Right. That's exactly. how it works. Right. So the governor uh, was wrong. Uh, all the interpretation of the language was wrong. So we did not ex- accept it. Uh, we did not accept the uh, uh, the language because he sent back a veto and sent back with an amendment. Ah. Uh, right? Right. And we did, not, we did not accept that because and we didn't need to act on it because I already had the same amount of money that the governor was proposing. By the way, the governor, uh, his amendment, he veto in his amendment that he sent back included $500,000 500, for the feasibility study. Okay. And uh, I told the leadership, boys and me, we just let it die. Okay. We don't need that because we already have the 500000 for the feasibility study right. on another bill. So, and folks, so that's, the, that's the importance yeah. of incumbency. Yeah. That's the importance of, you wouldn't have known that your first year, right? No, I wouldn't. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. But uh, I, I think I'm pretty uh, well you familiar see, how right. this works. Right? Yes, yes. Uh, so, so the next step is we we have uh, to uh, begin uh, the discussions now with uh, with the new administration. Yes, the feasibility study has to be done. Uh, so I think the, that's what the first ask of this administration of ANF and and DCAM. Uh and then we will. And some people might say, where are you going to build downtown? Well, it's up to the feasibility to – the feasibility study will be to also identify the site. Okay. And there are options. I think off the air we talked about this right. before we went on the air. We actually. did. We did, yes. And there are several options downtown depending which one the feasibility study will, will determine that is probably the, mo- the better, the most appropriate one mm-hmm. that will create the most flexibility, the more space right. needed. Right. right. But it's, it's – I mean, at one time – and I'm sure all of us here can remember that a lot of the uh, attorney's offices downtown used to be downtown. Absolutely. And some of them right on County Street across from the Superior Court. Absolutely. Most of those are gone. They are. It's amazing. So, so we, we lo- those are small businesses, right? Yes. Those are folks who, who, who go to, might go to a restaurant or a coffee shop downtown or someplace else, right, that have to buy materials. Absolutely. Bedford, right? Pens, pens, pencils, you name it, right? They pay rent, it's all, yes. Pay rent, or so it's it's a, it, it's an economic driver as well. Absolutely, and it's also important to have a facility uh, w- that that provides quick in justice for people, serves people well. Right yeah. now, yeah. we're not serving the needs of our people in the Greater New Bedford area. Correct, and, and, and Marcus knows this. It's worth know. noting that the New Bedford, uh, I believe, the third district court in New Bedford. Um, you know, I was a, I was a bar, I was a, a practicing defense attorney there for a while. Um, uh, it, I believe it's the third busiest courthouse in the entire Commonwealth, yes. or it's one it of the, yeah. It so it's the third busiest. The first is, the, is Boston, then Springfield, and then New Bedford. Right. Yes. So, so, and I've been to the Boston courthouse. It's much yeah. newer. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, <laughs> much nicer than the one in New Bedford. Yes. So, the one in you know all of this all of this action's happening in New Bedford, and uh, you can just. You can feel it when you walk in there. Everybody's sort of on top of each other. It's musty in there. The set, you know the the pretrial courthouse is so small, and, and it, it it really is it really is kind of a nightmare. 
honestly. Yeah, and that you only describe in the third district court. If you describe mm-hmm. the superior court, if you describe yeah, yeah. the probate court, uh, the housing court. I mean, I've, I've, I have visited actually the housing court yeah. at, at the request of uh, of the justice there uh, in the past. It's in a strip mall. I'm not saying that the, the conditions inside are awful. They are not. Right. But, I mean, that's not appropriate for a court to be it's, in a yeah. strip mall, right? I mean, it's, it's not, let's get some not. dignity here. Right? So, you know, <laughs> it's really not. So to be clear, and I think this is why it's important for everybody to understand, because some people might be listening and thinking, well, I'm, I, you know, I'm not going to commit a crime. I'm not a criminal, blah, blah, blah. And first of all, not yet. Second of all, <laughs> second of all. <laughs> the night is young. <laughs> yeah, right. The night is young. Um, so uh, second of all, um, with this courthouse, it would be a lot like Totten and Fall River where you'd get a lot of not just the criminal courts, but you'd also get the housing court. You'd also get the probate and family court all in right. one building, which yes. would be a lot easier, uh, much more navigable for people. Yeah, it would be from the superior court and, and don't forget the... The drug court. And the, the drug courts, yeah. Uh, all, all of those would be in the same facility. So mm-hmm. it would be a, a pretty sizable facility uh, with um, all up-to-date, all the electronic stuff that you need, electronic yeah. records, uh, Wi-Fi, all the... the, the, the Securities, cyber security, for example. The securities. Yeah, yeah right. Um, so yeah. Yeah, not only physical security in terms to protect those who work and practice in those mm-hmm. courts, um, and the general public that can go in and sit there. And I mean, watch. even the elevator there is not up to par for what you what you'd expect for an elevator in a, in a, in a very busy courthouse. It's a tiny little elevator, and if you get on it, you're like, oh man. <laughs> you know, these yeah. days elevators are important to me. So, I, <laughs> right? Yeah. right. So, it's, yeah. it's an important institutional building. Yes. In any city, right? Yes. And uh, and it should be one that uh, uh, one that sort of um, um, dignifies the city. In the area. Right? And the other part, too, Mayor, up to, uh, <laughs> Representative, is um, that we have um, we've gotten as much worth as we're going to get out of the present buildings. Yes. And it's time to move on. It's time to move on. It's right. time to really uh, create the kind of facility that it, we deserve as uh, residents of, of this city and in this region. Uh, right now, s- some people that need the services of some of the courts, uh, like the f- probate and family courts, and some of those issues are right now being dealt in Taunton. So you have to drive to Taunton. Right. At one time, you needed to go to Wareham temporarily as well, to West Wareham, yeah. uh, because of the facilities just did not have the ability to accommodate all the, the demand. Uh, but at the same time, doesn't have the conditions to really uh, treat uh, these these issues uh, the way they should be dealt. There are privacy issues that matter. Right. All these things, you've got to have a, faci- a facility that allows uh, the attorney to meet with their clients in, in a private way and the private discussions when they need to. And uh, the probate probate family court does not have any facility no. facilities for that. Right. Um, the district court barely does any of that. Uh, so you name it. So, I, I mean, uh, I think it's important to... To, to have this this kind of facility. I think there are some of local officials. I have, I've had this discussion as well with the mayor. I think the mayor is uh, very, very much in, in, in favor yes, of this. Yeah, yes. the mayor is very much in favor because he understands how important that is, right. how, how that kind of facility is. Well, well, you know, just to that point, um, in terms of rooms to, for lawyers to meet clients in 3rd District, there's a tiny little – there's a lawyer's lounge, which is just really tiny little room. And then off to the side of that room is another tiny little room, uh, like even smaller, like sm- much 
much, 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 much smaller than the space that we're sitting in. And uh, that's the only space that I can think of that's available for a one-on-one with your client. And when there's a lot of people around, that can be, I think, problematic if you need to have some serious conversations. And the conversations that you have in those courthouses um, couldn't get more serious sometimes. You're going to talk to people about plea deals, about things that they want to do. Do you want to go to trial? Do you not want to go to trial? There's a lot of discussion that you have to have that are, it's really can be really intense. And you need a good space for to be able to converse with your client there. So I think that's really important. Yeah, the, the, the probate and family court is even the same worse. thing. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, it's just an open room that sometimes you have two or three attorneys in there with their own clients and. A lot of those issues are very, very personal unco- issues. Yeah, very uncomfortable very issues, yes. issues, right? Yes. And very uncomfortable issues, yes. some of those. Right. So you've got to have some level of privacy to have those conversations and those discussions. Uh, and right now, those conditions are not there. Right. Um, so, But you're going to rectify it. Yes, we are. Right. And well, we're going to work very hard on this issue. That's a, a priority of mine, and, uh, um, uh, and I hope it's a priority for the city. Okay. I know it is. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Listen to us live anywhere in the world on the WBSM app. You wash your hands. Marcus McCarthy. South Coast Tonight is the place to react to all of the day's news and where they make some news of their own. Back to the talk now on WBSM. Hey, welcome back. So uh, I've got a, a couple other things I wanted to ask you about, Tony. Um, but uh, is there anything else on the courthouse? And w- what would you estimate, like, you want to get this going, obviously you got to talk to the new Healy Driscoll administration. What do you hope for a timeline on this? Well, I'm hoping that we can uh, start the feasibility study soon, I would say, within within the, this calendar year, I would hope. Okay. Um, uh, the money is there. It's been set aside it's it's uh, it's not a huge amount of money it's half a million dollars but it's an important step yeah. uh and so we'll we'll start that conversation with uh, with the new administration with the new chief uh, the new secretary of anf sure uh that worked by the way at anf uh, under deval patrick as well didn't mm-hmm. have the same role that he has okay. now but he already had worked there during jay gonzalez when jay gonzalez was the secretary uh, okay. ANF. so i've sort of ANF is administration finance. Administration yeah. finance. Uh, so I sort We're of Governor Baker worked work. with him. Yes. Yeah. He, did, he was the secretary of administration finance at yep. one time. Uh, so he's somewhat familiar to me because I dealt, because uh, mm-hmm. I was the chair of uh, the, uh, the bonding committee at the time as well. Right. So uh, hopefully we, when the dust settles a little bit, we can have some time with with uh, with him and the uh, and with the governor as well, and the lieutenant governor. The lieutenant governor, I think, is going to be a great asset. She knows cities very well. Yeah. She, I agree with you. She was a, uh, she was a real yeah, dynamite. And, yeah. and she knows the needs because also Salem, by the way, went through this process yes. of the yeah. no court in That's Salem. That's correct, right? yeah. yeah. Uh, and she knows. So she knows how, how much that was, how important that was for Salem in the downtown area of Salem. So, so, so Tony, so. our new, um, our new uh, reporter, uh, Adam Bass, he wrote a story on a bill that you filed on, on January 19th that has to do with uh, DC, uh, DTA, the Transitional Assistance, State Tra- uh, Department of Transitional Assistance, providing cash assistance benefits uh, for migrants legally residing in Massachusetts. Can you tell us more about that? Well, this is a, this is a piece of legislation that goes actually towards the same uh, objectives that Governor Baker started 
before we left office, mm-hmm. he filed he filed a sub budget of one hundred and thirty nine million dollars to to begin to develop and assist uh, the migrants arriving in, in Massachusetts. The new governor, Governor Healy, also has mentioned that has talked about that. Uh, so I think you have here both the legislature, hopefully the, the legislature as a whole will be in tune with those priorities of the previous governor and the present governor. Uh, in the end, this is really a budget item, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the legislation is just to sort of place, uh, hold a place and begin a conversation on the legislative side besides just on the executive side. Okay. And and this is for folks who have um, uh, who migrants have legal status okay okay uh and as you know even let's talk about the ones that the governor from florida dumped in in, in the vineyard mm-hmm. all of those are were waiting asylum yeah legal status they are legalized mm-hmm. there's a term of the actual term that the federal government used under the, co- the color of law right which means they are they are legal because they are in in a process of being admitted in correct uh, and get eventually their official visa to be admitted in these a lot of these folks uh, need some basic basic assistance we're talking about food we're talking about shelter uh, and in some cases yeah in some cases they might need some basic cash assistance right mm-hmm. and the cash assistance we're talking about small amounts of money we're talking about three if it's the uh, the general assistance is only three hundred and thirteen dollars a month right uh, you can't live on that. That's for basic needs that people might have, and but the I think the the, the biggest piece, and I haven't read what he what he wrote. Uh, I tried to it, emphasize it, it, it in my conversation. Like ago, yeah. I tried to com- uh, to emphasize during my conversation with him is that really in the end is about food on the table and shelter over their heads, right? Right. Yeah. And that's a temporary process, uh, and. Even Governor Baker thought that was the right thing to do. Uh, so we're going to be working, obviously, with the new administration. I believe uh, you might see a proposal when, when uh, from the new governor when she has to file her budget March 1st okay. uh, or even before that. All right, we're going to take a, a, one more break for the hour, and then we'll be right back. Bruce McCarthy, as always, Marcus Ferro is here as well. And we have Representative Tony Cabral of New Bedford here with us. Tony, um, we're covering a lot of ground tonight, and I appreciate that with you. Um, the the WIND project, it's a, it's a major piece. You and the rest of the delegation brought down a lot of money for the WIND piece. Yeah. You're working with the mayor on it. Talk a little bit about some of the latest developments uh, with the contractual disputes with the state. What's going on? Well, I, I think what's going on... Uh, First of all, I think it was the right position for the state to take in sure. the case of, of uh, I mean, you, they signed the contracts. You have to go through the contracts. They want, they want to pull out. They're going to pull out. Right. Okay. Then they're going to have to go through a new procurement process. Yeah. That's probably what they're looking for anyway. Right. Right. Uh, but, but in any event, I mean, the reasons, part of the reasons I understand probably, and most people would understand, yeah, money is getting more expensive to borrow, mm-hmm. right? Interest rates are going up. Those are... Projects so humongous, you're talking about billions of dollars, right? Um, uh, and you know, and the situation is changing slightly because of inflation, because of the price of uh, borrowing. Uh, so I'm pretty sure that they would like a second shot at renegotiating those those, sure. those things. But I think the state that initially this, the decision was right by the state not to allow that, and um, and if they want to pull it out, 
go ahead and you lose that project and then that project goes up to be for procurement again right mm-hmm. and then uh, will be other opportunities also uh, uh, we changed the loss uh, this year I mean in this past session that allows more flexibility on the pricing as, as they as they procure as they uh, you know go and respond to the RFPs okay uh, and and Part of the reason is to create more flexibility to allow also more investment in in the communities that either host communities or or uh, neighboring to the host communities like New Bedford or Fairhaven or Dartmouth, for example. Okay. So those com- companies would have to uh, to invest more onshore. Okay. As well. All right. Okay? Uh, and we would like uh, to. I mean, the ideal would be between fifteen to twenty percent. Uh, investment of of the pro- of the overall project in the host communities, right? Oh, very nice. Uh, and the surrounding hosting communities that requires flexibility, a little more flexibility on the price, because sure. as you know, the the original law, uh, any new project that got procured would have to come in under yes the previous price, right? I think that doesn't create room for investment uh, in areas that we think it's important okay. uh, to create more jobs locally. Very good. I appreciate that. I know New Bedford Light's been doing a lot on it, but I had some questions. I'm glad you were here to answer those for me. Yeah, Tony, uh, thanks so much for joining us um, this this evening. We're sort of wrapping up. Um, I mean, we've got a minute. So, <laughs> <laughs> What do you want to say in a minute? What do you want to say in a minute? What do you want to ask? I mean, I, I, I th- well, first of all, let me thank... You want to make any announcements? You got a list of birthdays in your pocket or anything like that? <laughs> we're, not, we're, not, we're not making any, any announcements today. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, but other than uh, I'm ready and energized <laughs> to, uh, to work on behalf of those that I have the honor to represent and, uh, and bring as much dollars as we can to do better. But if someone has a question about a constituent service, question, something like that, they can always reach out to your office, right? Yes, they can. I mean, I have office hours. That's that's a good uh, segue here. I have office hours every month in the South End, okay. uh, Holland Green Library, for the first Saturday of the month. You don't need an appointment, 10.30 to 12 noon. Just walk in, first come, first serve. You can always call my number. Uh, my new Bedford number or the, or the number in Boston, 